1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding railroad my name is wh park and this is episode 29 as we uh, head down to the close of 2022 we we're trying to get some uh you know extra special guests to talk about all japan of the 1990s with me here on the show at post wrestling and and today we have a very special guest uh, maybe our our filthiest guest ever and that would be uh, one filthy tom waller tom thank you so much for joining us here on the long and winding railroad
0: Thank you so much. I have to wonder, who am I in competition with for being the filthiest guest? If it's not me, then who would it be? Well, we have,
2: we have a, a correspondent uh, by the name of Neil Flanagan that if, if he ever shows up on this show, he, he might be the filthiest guest ever. We'll see. <laughs> by appearance? No, 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 no. No, by psyche. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Okay, all right. I'd like to meet this Neil Flanagan gentleman.
2: Well, I'll tell you what time. you ever come down to, uh, if you ever go to Ireland, that's where he lives. You, you can okay. uh, arrange Before to he, to be with them.
0: I mean, eventually, I'm, I have to make it over there. I mean, that's where some of my ancestors are from. There you go. So there you go. So so
2: uh, I'm sure you can. You know, Neil, if you're listening, I know you're listening. He's a big fan of the show. He's gonna he's gonna send you a DM about meeting up in Ireland whenever you're.
0: you're I'll see Neil Flanagan. I like <laughs> that's him. Right.
2: <laughs> anyway, that's kind of an inside joke. I, I, maybe I shouldn't be breaking his confidence about this. But anyways, it's, it's all a joke, folks. But um, Tom's here. Tom, they, I, I got to say, thank you for doing this because, I, as I understand, like maybe to put this into context, the, the day before, you were in some kind of war of attrition with one Minar Suzuki.
0: Yeah, well, not I mean, I can go back until Thursday night. Thursday night, I was in another war of attrition, a 12-man battle. With uh, myself and the West Coast Wrecking Crew and Bullet Club, Jay White, LP, and Juice Robinson taking on the uh, very, this is like a fever dream tag team of Yo, okay, yeah, Yo, Homicide, uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, John Moxley, and to me the most amazing of them all, amazing Red, also on that team. So that was Thursday night. Then Friday night, I had to face off against Homicide, Wheeler Yuta, Shota Umino, once again with the West Coast Wrecking Crew by my side. And then, as you alluded to last night, Defy Wrestling in Seattle, I had to fight Minoru Suzuki on the last night of this long and winding road of mine uh here so I I made it though I made it out into the other side and uh I'll live to fight on I mean it it sounds like you've been having a a hell of a 2022
2: like you 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 went on your first uh New Japan tour in Japan for the G1 Climax and and I, I got to you know I have to confess something to you Tom like like I can't like you know, go continue with the show with, with you without telling you that um, in the battle between you and Zack Saber Junior., you're debating the the merits of both Boy George and George Michael. I, I have to say that I am on Team George Michael. I big fan of his.
0: Not, nothing against Boy George,
2: but I, I have to say George Michael is Ichiban.
0: I'm sorry. Well, which of the, one of them has a more recent hit? Uh, uh, which, one one still, which one is still putting out music today?
2: Well, that's really unfair. You know, like, what is dead? So, I mean, you know. I mean, to so me, I would, I would argue, like, who, so who's, who's the winner? I, I would say George Michael still. He put out still anyone who put, Boy, George is living. Yeah, but George Michael put out Faith and Listen Without Prejudice back to back. That's a hell, a hell of an accomplishment. Plus all the stuff he did with Wham. I mean, it's a Boy, hell of an accomplishment.
0: Boy, George just had, like, a hit record in in the 20-teens. Look at that longevity culture club until that i mean come on
2: i i got nothing against it i think his cover of the crying game is a fantastic is a fantastic song
0: 21 more days until i get to show the world that boy george is indeed itchy bond when it comes to the battle between himself and george michael okay i have not forgotten i have not forgotten about that i've not forgotten about zach saber jr the celery man zach labor jr
2: Listen. I, as far as everything else goes, though, like I, I'm definitely on on Team Filthy with uh, everything oh, else. You. So if, if it's against you and and Zach C. Virginia, I gotta I got to go with the uh, Team Filthy. But Tom, we're here to talk about all Japan in the 1990s, and I kind of want to get like uh, your background, like of your fandom of all Japan, and, and particularly of this era. Like when when did you discover AJPW?
0: You know, this is uh, kind of interesting, but I would actually say I'm a bigger fan of All Japan. I'm like the one uh, who's a bigger fan of All Japan in the 2000s. Okay. I really am of the 90s. And I, I swear to you, I was having a conversation uh, with some of the New Japan staff, maybe the president of New Japan the other day, uh, and we were talking about this very subject, Um <clears throat> And I really, really enjoyed All Japan uh, after the All Japan and Noah split. Because there's something to me, obviously, it was unpredictable, right? No one had any clue what was going to happen. No one had any idea how this was all going to pan out. You have, um, you know, people coming back. Tenru was banished from the promotion, right? Baba dies. He comes back to try to help save it. From its darkest depths, Kawada and Fuchi are the only ones left. You've got all these, you know, indie guys. Um, you got Grand Naniwa doing the crab walk out there in the All Japan ring. Uh, and then you have kind of uh, guys leaving the strong style side and moving over and, you know, kind of helping salvage. Uh, what was still there and to me it's like a sign of resilience you know what I mean I'm sure everybody at that point was looking expecting all Japan to fall and go by the wayside and while it may not be at its uh, greatest heights of the past nowadays they still just celebrated their 50th anniversary show and I mean that is certainly nothing to scoff at. So um, I've I've been a, a really an all Japan fan of them from their darkest times onward, okay. more so than the '90s. I mean, it's easy to be a fair weather fan, you know what I mean? When you're selling out Budokan left and right, it's easy to to cheer it on. But when you got you know seventy nine year old Fuchi out there in the main event. In two thousand, it's a it's a different story, but that that's my favorite uh, favorite era. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that era too. Like, I I, I think
2: like at that time, like maybe Tai was like one of my favorite wrestlers. Ah, like, you, know, yeah, at I the time.
0: you hold on, I've got a, I've got a Tai a big Tai figure back there. Oh my, is this something you got at, at Totokan during the summer? Oh uh, no, me, this one I bought online. But uh, oh, okay. okay. I could go grab it, but I don't know. Is that going to take up too much time? <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. I start no. figures off my. Uh...
2: If you see it, if you can quickly grab it. Yeah, sure. So and while while you're listening, like I, you know, like I, I have to imagine, like you know, you must have been like really rooting for George Hines to to get that eventual, you know, triple crown shot during that era when when he was like the top foreigner in, in all Japan.
0: Well, honestly. Big fan of the uh, the Golden Left, Mike Barton. Oh yeah,
1: he was,
2: oh, yeah. He was doing good there. How, yeah. how about how about Wolf field Oh yeah,
1: that, that is cool.
0: Oh, I love I love Virtual Fighter, so of course I loved Wolf Field. There, you, there yeah. you go. I think this was like I mean nobody bought it for like a year. It was on sale, so they got it for a pretty good. It's criminal
2: because like hey, listen, Taiokea, like the guy helped Muto collect six belts. You know what I'm saying during. You know Muto's resurgence after he came back with the bald head and stuff like that, and he joined All Japan Pro Wrestling. So you got to give some some respect to Taya. Okay. And, and he had one of the best tag teams in my opinion with one uh, Jamal, who later became Umaga in the WWE. So you know it's a good it's a good period. But then I would assume you went back in time and and just watched some of the the, the other matches from the the decade prior.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, like every. every wrestler is probably worth anything, any worth their salt. Nowadays, they've probably watched uh, Masawa, Kobashi, uh, Kawada, Masawa, Kawada, Kobashi, all the combinations, Akiyama in there. Um, If you really care about wrestling, you probably watch some Akira Tawe. So, I've done all that. You know what I mean? I've watched unfortunately I probably watched too many matches at this point to remember everything that I've watched. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a certainty. That's not even a question, but uh, my, I guess my favorites, you know, from this era are guys like Kawada. Uh, You know, I hate to say it, but I am a, a strong stylist at heart in a lot of ways. And, uh, I enjoy the martial arts techniques, and of course, Kawada's selling is just like... I mean, it's off the charts. If you're if you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of human emotion, I don't know how much better it gets than uh, watching Kawada in the ring. So I always, whenever I get a chance, I try to watch some Kawada, even if I have to beg to try to watch a Kawada match. Uh, uh, you know? Well... Interestingly enough, I, I will say
2: on that point, like I think the only person during that the same kind of time period that is a is as good a seller or even better is one Shinjiro Otani because that man selling is just off the charts mm-hmm. as well up there with Kawada. But, but interestingly enough, we, you know, like when we were discussing you coming onto the show, you know, like I was asking you. What, what match you want to do. And then I, I didn't hear back to you. You're a very busy person. So I suggested a, a, a Kawada match, uh, but you actually countered with like, Oh, I was going to talk about the match that we are actually going to talk about. And, and why don't you tell us the, the match that you, you actually
0: picked. Yeah. The match that I picked is from 1999 in uh, Yokohama. It is the all Japan junior Heavyweight title bout between one Yoshinari Ogawa, aka Rat Boy. I don't call him that. Some do. And one Masahiro Kakihara, formerly of the UWFI, a uh, shoot stylist. Yeah. I guess you could say a uh, martial artist, a mixed martial artist, a man that holds a mixed martial arts victory. Over Rocky Romero at Jungle Fight won Masahito Kakiara.
2: That's right. So, we're going to talk about for the, uh, the All Japan, but actually, you know, officially it's called the PWF World Junior Heavyweight title. Uh, that, for those that don't know, the Pacific Wrestling Federation was kind of the governing body, like the IWGP is for New Japan. The PWF was for uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling at the time. And we're going to talk about Yoshinari Ogao, who's the champion at the time, defending the title against. The challenge of uh,
0: newly joined to the company at this time, Masahiro Kakihara I, I just noticed today, this is kind of off the topic, but related to what you were saying, New Japan had tweeted that uh, Mayu Iwatani had defended a stardom title at the um, Rumble on 44th Street show. And I don't know, is the SWA even a stardom title? Wasn't that brought over from... Oh, no, no
2: it, it was it was created by Stardom. Oh, okay. like sure some sort of with, oh, maybe it's, it's the high speed the high speed belt is the high one. speed belt. I think is also like I, I think it might, be, run, it might be might be one. Yeah, uh, I'll still look this up. But okay,
0: <laughs> you are a big Stardom fan. I know that for for a fact. Yeah, I love as it as, as I am. So I love it. I was a I was uh, very glad to meet Waka uh, and Mina and Mayu over the course of the weekend. so.
2: But I think the dream is for you to get punched in the face by uh, Shiri. That, that is
0: for me to get punched. I'm I'm teaming with her. I don't want to get punched. It seems like everybody else's dream is either for me to get hit by Julia or really their dream is to get slapped by Julia is what it seems like more often than not. That's what, that's the comments that I get. I'm envious of you because Julie is going to slap you. Wow. Are, are you looking forward to getting slapped by or punched by Julia? Because she's pretty hard to punch puncher. No, I want nothing to do with that. She's gonna be trapped in a submission before she could ever hope to get to me. Okay, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm sure she hits harder than Zack Saber Junior. But so. I, it's it's possible. It yeah. is possible. They
2: possible. they they are very hard hitters all, all up and down the roster of, of stardom. But but back to the match. Uh, we are we are speaking of
0: hard fight. hitters, right?
2: Yeah, speaking of hard hitters, Masihiro Kakiari, he's an interesting guy. So we'll talk about him first. So he started his career in the shoot, shoot-oriented UWF newborn, which would then kind of morph into UWFI. And he was apprenticed to kind of like the guy in UWF, one Nobuhiko Takada. Uh, then he would work in the short-lived Kingdom promotion, where where he would like kind of be associated with, with Yoshihiro Takeyama. And when Kingdom kind of folded... Both Takayama and, and Kakehara jumped to All Japan, uh, kind of freshening things up because it wasn't, it wasn't really kind of Giant Baba's philosophy to bring in guys who didn't start off in the All Japan Dojo. Uh, he would ally himself with Takayama and one Gary Albright as the new version of the Triangle of Power. And then after that kind of folded, he would, he would join Mitsuhara Masawa's Untouchables unit, which included uh, his opponent in this match, the, the kind of the second in the in the group, uh, Yoshinari Ogawa, uh, he would leave for Pro Wrestling Noah in the Exodus of 2000, but would not stay for very long because he, apparently he had some like real life heat with Takao Mori.
0: I think he lasted one match. I think he did the first show and then was back. Yeah, in Japan,
2: and then he he went to, to went back to all Japan briefly as a freelancer, but then he would he would head over to to New Japan Pro Wrestling as a junior heavyweight in 2001 and 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 stayed there. Really had a very Prosperous career in that division until the end of his career in 2006 due to uh, a, a spinal injury. Uh, so you know, really, really great wrestler that had unfortunately, you know, had his career cut short by by an injury. But uh, were you a big fan of uh, Kakihara in in like in different phases of his career, Tom?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've watched Kakihara from the UWFI uh, matches. I've watched Kingdom. Believe it or not, um, I've watched his fight with Rocky Romero, uh, and yeah, I, I loved his uh, his tag team uh, in All Japan with Nagai as they were the uh, the All Asia Tag Champs. And he was one of the few guys who kind of got uh, like he got a bone during the UWFi and New Japan feud. That's right. Uh, you know, he was on some winning teams, which cannot be said uh, for a lot of the guys on the UWFI side. So uh, I, myself, am like a sucker for pro wrestling MMA fighters. Would you believe that? I, I find that it's hard to believe. Coming Who would from, have from you? thought it? But uh, myself, I was always like hoping, you know, you know, on boxing, there's always a saying like people are hoping for the great white hope. Like, is that what it is? I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? Like, I'm hoping for the great pro-wrestling hope. Like, which guy is was going to be the pro-wrestler who's actually the toughest guy and who could go out there and win all these shoot fights? And, I mean, Kakihara wasn't the guy, but when you watch him in the pro-wrestling ring, he looks like he could be the guy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, a lot of the stuff that you, that I, I mean, I saw in this match uh, holds up really well over time, which you can't always say about certain styles of wrestling or certain matches, but like Kaki Hara strikes are on point, you know, throughout the entire match. Um, You see head kicks, (laughs) you see, you know, uh, spots that wouldn't look out of place in any, you know, pro wrestling match. Today and this was 23, 24 years ago. You know, so I think it just shows that, like, if you if you are so good at the simulated form of combat, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, super complicated stuff, as this match proves. You know, no, this is this is, I thought this is... Were, like, super effective in this match and. You know, I think you just transplant him, like I said, into today, and he would fit right in. Oh, definitely, definitely. He has a timeless. I, I, I do think when we get into talking about
2: the match itself, it's it's a really great blend of like that shoot style um, that he brings with kind of the more traditional. I w- and I would even go so far as to say with Yoshinari Gawa, very kind of North American style yeah. wrestling that he brings because he he is not your typical All Japan like Kings Road wrestler he's actually very much influenced by by north american wrestling with the kind of like because he was he's called rat boy by a lot of fans because he would do things like eye pokes (laughs) eye rakes and things like that and things kind of like you would see more in in american professional wrestling rather than in japan especially in in all japan but you know talk about ogawa he debuted for for all japan in 1985 uh he he started off in there yeah in 1985 he started still going today still going today it's amazing and he's he he works such a style that it doesn't matter like what how old yeah. he is because he he can still work the same style he worked in in the, the the 80s the 90s the 2000s in noah and he's and he's still like he's still going strong it's, it's like he's ageless as as a wrestler um he would be paired up Initially, with Jinichiro Tenru in the Revolution stable, along with Toshiaki Kawada and Sansa Fuyuki and some other people as well. Uh, after Tenru leaves All Japan to, to start up his own company, he would become an important member of the All Japan Junior Heavyweight division. At the time of this match uh, with Okada, this is his third reign as junior champion, having defeated Satoru Osako in a tournament. To to win this title, uh, kakiara is his first challenger in this reign, and he would have four more defenses before vacating the the title in June of two thousand. Uh, by the end of nineteen ninety eight, Ogao will also become, and I think this is probably even more important for his career. He would become the regular tag team partner of Mitsuhara Misawa, and win multiple world tag titles uh, with with Misawa. Have wars with the Holy Demon Army. Have wars with the with the burning. Uh, duo of Ken Kobashi and Junakiyama. He would also uh, go to you know in Noah. He would he he would be someone who who would win the GHC heavyweight title. Uh, I think as as a reward for his loyalty to, to Masawa, uh, more than anything else. Um, and yeah, in that of course he does leave with ninety percent of the All Japan, you know, roster to go to form Pro Noah with with Masahara
0: yeah, I, I mean, he had that great match where he got beat up by Kobashi in the the title match uh, for the GHC title. Who who did he beat? Did he beat Tawe for the he belt? Beat Tau-
1: he beat I
0: No, I think, oh, God, this yeah. is embarrassing.
2: Tawe uh, beat Rikio, maybe? Tawe beat Rikio, and then Tawe, uh, yeah, lost to. I'm going to have to look this up. But, uh, yeah, what, 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 what are your initial thoughts of, like, Ogawa, like, back then? And, like, even to this day, I, I seen you still watch some of his matches now.
0: Uh, you know what? Honestly, I haven't seen very much of recent Ogawa. I haven't seen very much of the uh, Noah Juniors uh, over the past few years. Uh, if I watch any Noah, it's usually, you know – the guys in like the main event scene, or or the more shoot, shooter your guys Nakajima, Segura, the guys beating the crap out of each other. So uh, I'm kind of to say I'm behind wouldn't even be correct. I'm like completely in the dark as to uh, oh, the Noah Junior Junior hey, scene. So, large,
1: so. so
2: we we are both completely wrong. By the way, I'm looking okay. it up. He is the the third GHC headway champion. He defeated Jun Akiyama. Okay, uh, so
0: it's Masawa, then Akiyama, then... Ogawa.
2: Ogawa. And then Takeyama. We win the oh, title okay. from him, so... And then Kobashi. And, uh... No, then Masawa again, and then it's Kobashi. Then Kobashi, then Rikio. Rikio, yeah. And then Tawei. Oh. then to Akiyama, and then, oh. uh, yeah, just a, a who's who then of... Wrestlers from that point, but yeah. So
0: well, he, he's had show, a very. St- Noah, his show's not called Noah in the two thousands. That's right. It's, it's,
2: we're not. I'd have to research this part. We're just talking about Ogawa in in the nineteen nineties. But but let's let's get to this match, and we'll talk as we go along. We'll talk about why you, why you picked it and stuff, maybe a bit more. But this 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 match comes from the uh, All Japan New Year Giant Series Tour. It's day 11 at the Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium. There is a recorded attendance of 6,200 people in this building for this show. And I, I kind of want to go through this card that this match, is, this match is on, Tom, with you. So in the opener, it's Naomichi Fuji and uh, Satoru Asako, and they defeat the team of Kentaro Shiga and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, you know, Marafuji and Kanemaru still going to this day. Yeah. I, I, have, you, have you had a chance to tangle with... Yoshinobu Kanemaru.
0: No, no, but I, I, did a lot of talking at him when he was at the announce booth during the G1. Uh, but I don't think he understood a word I was saying. You know, I was asking him for shots of whiskey. And he just kind of—I mean—he looked at me like I had 18 heads. So I'm assuming he doesn't speak very. Good.
2: I think he was just like he was pretending not to understand you because that whiskey is only for him.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, <laughs> that might have been. It? Oh, he's one of those guys. Okay, I understand. These uh, guys—they got some interesting personality traits.
2: It's—it's. It's, it, like, I think anyone who likes whiskey as much as he does it, it has an interesting personality trait. Uh, six-man tag team match: Haruka Aigen, Masanobu Fuchi, and Siyoshi Kikuchi defeat Mitsuo Momoda, Roshikimura, and uh, Young uh, Takeshi Morishima. That's a that's a, I'm what a match! What a match! This is like this is not even like prime Morishima, who's like super huge. It's, it's probably like kind of still thin finish uh, Morishima because he was kind of like less bulky in, in his All Japan uh, rookie days. Uh, tag team match: The Great Giant Kimala and Yoshihiro Takeyama. That's a hell of a team. Uh, defeat Masao Inoue and Manuakea Mossman, who would later become Taikeia. Yes. Uh, Six man tag team match. You must. You're gonna love this team, Tom. Bart Gunn, Mike Barton, Johnny Ace, and Johnny Smith defeat Ooh. June Izumita, Takao Mori, and Taman Honda. Then
0: we to- hey, Taman Honda. Huge fan.
2: A huge fan of Tamen Honda. I got a and Honda figure back there. For oh my god! Sure. Oh my god! We well, we'll take your word for that. We don't. We maybe we won't uh, have to see it right now. I can
0: show you all uh, all the Olympic Rolling Olympic hells right now if you want. You want me to go? Hey, hey, my kid? you know what?
2: Do me a favor. If you can do me a personal favor next time, you're if you ever happen to be in the ring with with Jay White, you give him the Rolling Olympic Hell, okay? Which for
0: one? Huh? There's like eleven of them.
2: All of them. Do all 11 versions on, on J-Wife just for me, Tom, please, okay. as, as I'm begging you here. Uh, following the World Junior Heavyweight title match, we have uh, a really interesting tag team match, Hiroshi Hase and Jun Akiyama taking on the team of Gary Albright and Wolf Hockfield. And our, oh, yeah. our, our semi-main is Akira Taue and Toshiaki Kawada taking on the team of Jinsei Shinzaki and Mitsuhara Masawa. That's an interesting uh, pairing there. And our our main event at this Yokohama show is Vader, is Vader and he defeats Kenta Kobashi in seventeen wow. minutes. So uh, it's a pretty pretty loaded card for right. for an all Japan non Tokyo
0: show or non Osaka right. show. When you've got Wolf uh, Wolf third from the top, that's when you know it's a stacked show with Gary Albright. Yeah, you know, I mean
2: it's a, you know Gary Albright, Mister you know German Suplex himself there. So it's a it's a pretty. I got if I can track down this whole card, I'm gonna try to see if I can watch it. <laughs> All right, so let, let's get into the matches for the the uh, the junior heavyweight title. And you know, Kakihara is gets introduced. There's this, you know some streamers for him. Yoshinari Gao's wearing a, a very nice looking satin ring jacket. And speaking of satin ring jackets, Tom, where where is that Rivera jacket? I saw a picture of you and Royce Isaacs uh,
0: sporting. Upstairs, my other closet. I don't have time to go get it. Do, do, do you wear it? I have to ask you. No, it's it's honestly uh, – it's not like – I don't think it's made for comfort. It's more made for style. Right. You know what I mean? I don't uh, like I necessarily got- live in the climate to be wearing jackets either. It's, you know, 120 <laughs> degrees here in the summer. But uh, but you've
2: made it as a pro wrestler, right? You've got a Rivera Steakhouse jacket.
0: Yeah. Not only – I mean – Okay, I got the Ribera jacket. I went to Mr. Danger and I got a towel. He gave me some trading cards. I got a t shirt. Uh, what other rites of passage are there?
2: In- you need to go to Kawada's ramen restaurant and Tawei's steak yeah. restaurant now. These have got to be in your bucket list.
0: Uh, Tawei's got a steak restaurant? Yeah, somewhere. I have I- a I- bar. Huh? Yano has a bar. Yano. Yeah, that place is
2: overrated, in my opinion. Oh. But don't tell him I said that, but yeah. I, I think you're better off going to Kotaro Suzuki's Bar. That looks like a more fun place. Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'd have Are to find out.
0: Maybe?
2: I'd have to find out, but uh, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure you can get to Yano's Bar. It seems very exclusive sometimes, like... Not so many fans, so that's maybe a good thing for the wrestlers to go there. But, but Suzuki, Katara Suzuki's got a bar, it's a small place. I, I think probably a little fun. And, you know, you go to the you know pro wrestling DDT, you know, uh, owned uh, eateries that I think may or may not still exist these days. Who knows? I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> you might not be, yeah, might be crossing uh, some, some lines that uh, might not. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's like it, it, it's a different world over there, as you know. Yes. Uh, it's not like over here. Like you can't you can't intermingle with the other species from the different companies,
2: unless they have like some big Tokyo Dome show and then then it's a yeah big... yeah. Then it's a uh, but getting to the match right away, Kakihara goes for some high kicks. Uh, conceivably, I think in order to get a quick knockout on Nagawa on here. Uh, fortunately for Ogawa, he's able to avoid them. Uh, Kakihara gets Ogawa in the corner and goes for another high kick but Ogawa ducks Kakihara gets caught up in the ropes and then Ogawa strikes with a shot to the gut and this is to me like straight out of like what I call like the the Bret Hart style of wrestling that that I think Ogawa must be a massive fan of because so much of his stuff reminds me of Bret Hart. I don't know if you've ever noticed this about Yoshinari Ogawa.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's very basically attacks, like, this actually stole this spot, this Kakihara spot, and used it as a finish in a, a match recently that I had, which was a UWFI rules match, you know, um, I needed a situation in which I was kind of winning, and, you know, needed to lose quickly, and I thought, well, what's a better you know option then kind of what happened to Kaki here Kakahara here he throws uh, a left roundhouse kick, his leg goes over the top of the ropes and he gets like caught up in there and then Ogawa uses that to his advantage. so it's like you know he helps keep Kakahara look strong here. It's not as if he beat up the better fighter with his strikes in Kakahara. He attacks with a jawbreaker. Um, and then it, it basically, I mean, it gets cut off uh, pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, so there, there is, like, the, the jawbreaker. There's, like, some offense from from Ogawa, but, you know, it, it, you know, Kakehara's kicks are what, you know, like, you know, kind of turn the tide for him usually within the, within the course of the match. Ogawa goes to the outside, and Kakehara hits the ropes to do a tope, but Ogawa moves out of way, but yeah, is smart enough, doesn't go through with the move. There's an exchange of kicks from Kakihara and moves from Ogao, including an, an eye rake and a neck and a neck breaker to Kakihara. You know, kind of you know referencing these these kind of dirty tactics that he was kind of known for, which, which you know gave him the nickname of Rat Boy. Even, I don't call him that either, by even,
0: the way. Even the jawbreaker, it's not like a, uh, I mean, it's not like a cheating move, but it's certainly not like something that makes you look strong. You know what I mean? Uh, and he relies a lot on on that jawbreaker, as he does like early on here, as he does uh, later on. You know, obviously, much of his offense is based upon evading somebody and then capitalizing. Which I think a lot of uh, you know, everybody wants to look as far as like wrestlers go. I can tell you this: a lot of guys are very concerned with looking strong. Um, but there's a lot to be said for. You know, looking not necessarily weak, uh, but Ogawa does look weak in some instances. You know what I mean? But then it, it pays off in the end because he's he's able to use that to his advantage because he's so cunning. You know and what
2: what's I mean? what's 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 the word they people say? Don't, Don't work harder, work smarter. And I work think smarter, that's yeah. And if that's if what, he
0: stood up, like if he stood up to Kakahara this whole match and did this, you know, throughout his career, and stood up to guys and and beat him up with strong offense his character wouldn't work no you know what i mean it, it like his the sum of his parts uh is much better uh than they are you know uh individually well, well contextually he's also still basically a junior heavyweight
2: still so he has to work differently when he's wrestling guys who are who are stronger and bigger than him and this comes through with like his his tactics and like that he's a really excellent you know at, at his core a, a really great wrestler
0: I yeah so. a, a solid like wrestler and uh, you mentioned his quickness but also one thing we have to mention is that Kakihara is used to being the quicker guy against a lot of the other uh heavyweights in all Japan right so he's used to having a quickness advantage and there's nothing nothing worse in uh real fighting I'll tell you that than being ha- being used to having the quickness advantage and then facing somebody who Uh, Now has that advantage on you. It's something that's very tough to uh, make up for. And, you know, I think we see a little bit of that or a lot of a lot of that, honestly, throughout the match with Ogawa and Kakihara, where Ogawa finds himself in control because maybe for the first time in a long time, Kakihara is faced with somebody who's just quicker than he is.
2: Yeah. So there's a point where Ogawa decides to work on the right arm of Kakehara, but Kakehara is able to escape the control uh, by landing a solid kick to the butt of Ogawa, and then he follows this up with a drop kick. Uh, Kakehara tries to follow up with a spinning heel kick, but Ogawa wisely ducks out of the way. You talk, you're talking about this... this this quickness that you're, you're, you're referring to, Tom, there is a strike exchange between the two, which Kakihara wins, and then he locks in a side headlock. Og- Ogawa gets uh, uh, Kakihara up against the ropes, and as Ogawa backs away cleanly, Kakihara blasts him with this open hands and slap that knocks him down, and I, it was such a hell of a slap that I felt it watching it on YouTube here, Tom.
0: Yeah, some of these uh, there's there's one that's particularly like brutal later on. Um, I will say sometimes the ones that seem like they're the worst aren't. So uh, I'm assuming that was the the case when it came to Kakehara. But I mean, I, I, um, you know, I was a big fan of this match because of Kakehara's offense. It was so basic, but everything just looked so, so crisp, so clean. His technique was so good. Every strike was in there. Um, and I just thought like I mean, I was honestly I was blown away. It's like I watch this match, I go, why haven't I been watching more of him, you know, for the past few years? So I mean, you can I maybe not as many people are aware of
2: Kakihara. So like if you start I'm sure using, they're not, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you start using his offense against them, they may not have an answer for you. Not that they have necessarily have an answer for you these days, but you may, <laughs> maybe more complicated for for your opponents in the future if you start busting out, you know, kind of Kakehara techniques uh, here.
0: Ogawa, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to do more Ogawa offense since you know you can you can you know like if
2: if you know lines are being crossed if they can be crossed, maybe you can team with him in the future. You know, he likes teaming up with like guys from you know outside of Japan. So
0: yeah, it's, I it's- I like consider myself the Rat King. In a lot you go. Of, like, the Rat King of wrestling. So that this is this could be a new t-shirt you could <laughs> put up there Tom like
2: you know we could be making you some money off of this show maybe. Yeah, there's uh,
0: no no doubt w- <laughs> in that one either. It's in reference to the Ninja Turtles Rat King. But. There you go. Who's Splinter? No, there's a rat the rat isn't there the rat king. Uh I don't know. I'll, the, the only rat I'm aware that, of is there is some there... minions of, of like a army of rats in the sewer. <laughs> You could be right. I only know about
2: Splinter. They're, they're the, oh, yeah. the, the, turtle, the teacher, the teacher yeah, yeah. of the ninja Turtles. But, anyways,
0: uh, Kakiara
2: blasts Ogawa with kicks to the chest while he's standing at ringside. And Ogawa's laying prone along the apron. And Kakiara delivers this really awesome looking straight down kick, like
0: a scissors kick almost too, to Ogawa's back. An
2: axe kick. Sorry, and I stand corrected.
0: Andy Hoog style axe kick to the back of the head as he draped him over the apron there. Great stuff here. Yes, Andy Hoog. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think we would ever get a reference to
2: Andy Hoog on, on this show. But they, that's the, the benefit of having Tom Weller on the show.
0: Everyone. Pretty much. Out of all the things that Toticon has, they have Andy Hoog's gear, and that's got to be the the coolest thing. How much was it? God, Do you remember? Say twenty or thirty thousand American, maybe. <laughs> Jesus.
2: They, just remember. They have like some.
0: People's gears,
2: like, and I was just, like, looking at it last time I was in Totocon ago, two two years ago, and I was just like, who would buy this? But then I'm thinking, yeah, there's some weird, there's some people up there that, like, want to buy this person's gear. This, I'm not going to say who's gear, but. The
0: the the very shorts that Rocky Romero wore when Kakihara beat him at Jungle Fight are in Totocon. I saw them. So, I don't know who's <laughs> buying those. Yeah. Except for me. I mean, I'm in the market for them next time I go, especially now that the yen is even down more. There you go. Right? Exactly. Uh, I'm going to pick up those and <clears throat> Magumi Fuji Smack Girl gloves that I'm very upset I didn't Grab when I was there last time. But, yeah. You know, yeah, time. No, very listen, affordable stuff and then some insane stuff, so. But it might
2: be more affordable now because the yen is, is, is so weak these, these days. So. my God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just uh, – Coughing there, off off uh, off mic. Uh, as Ogawa recovers and tries to get back into the ring, Kakehara hits him with a vicious sliding side kick to the head. I, I just love that. This is technique you're talking about. Like it's not a a drop kick or a sliding baseball kick. It's yeah. He he runs along the ring and slides and then hits him with a side kick to the head. I'm just like I've I don't recall seeing anyone else do that kind of a kick to the outside like Kakehara did here. I
0: just a sliding football. ninja kick.
2: Is that what it's called? That's what I'd call it. It's what you're calling it? Yeah. There you go. Uh Kakehara follows him the floor, launches into him, into the guard, launches in into the guardrail. Ogawa catches a kick and tries to smack Kakehara, but Kakehara is scouted and smacks Ogawa and has him posted up against the steel post at ringside. And Kakehara goes for a high kick, but this is the turning point. Ogawa rolls out of the way, and Kakehara ends up kicking the unforgiving steel post and uh this is now the turning point for Yoshinari Ogawa and uh Tom have you ever have you ever done this where you've had an opponent lined up against a steel post on the outside and gone for like a strike and they moved and you ended up eating it whether it's from like you know like a, a, a punch just a, a, something
0: with your arm or with that uh, with a kick I'd say uh, 50% of the time on house shows every time, maybe. It's very, very common spot uh, you see in wrestling. So, yeah, I've done this one. More, a lot of times it'll be a chop, you know, especially on like uh, – it's more of like a house show spot to me. You go outside with the person, you brawl a little bit, uh, you hit the guy so that they can hear it nice and loud. You chop each other so that they're going, oh, man, these guys are laying into each other. Um, And then you put the guy against the post. You swing for the chop. Oh, he moves. You make a big noise. You can go back inside and move on with your lives. Yeah, this is very cu- – I, lo- I love this spot. If you got nothing else to do for about 10 seconds. You want to throw to just,
2: just do this spot. Well, this, is like I said, this is the, uh, this is the turning point for Ogawa in this match because now he's going to go to work on this left leg, this left foot of of Masahiri, uh Masahiri Kakehara. <clears throat> and again, this is the point of the match where I am convinced, like Ogawa is a massive Bret Hart fan. The way he goes after the leg, the crispness yeah. of his moves reminds me so much of Bret Hart. Uh, this includes ramming the leg against the steel post co- several times. You know, you know, Kakehara tries to rally back with some kicks to the chest, but Ogawa catches the leg and hits this beautiful-looking dragon screw uh, leg whip. Uh, Ogawa drags uh, Kakehara to a corner and then plies a variation of their ring posts figure four leg lock which is something he 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 did a lot, you know, post like after Brett would create this in the, the WWF.
0: Tom. Yeah, yeah. He did a different variation where he had like the leg underneath and then he was st- kind of using his foot to stomp uh, on the leg and like pry it back. Um, yeah, he was pretty, I mean, he attacked, uh, kind of went to like the shoulder at first but then was very, very focused on the leg uh, once Kaka made that mistake and threw that kick. And, you know, obviously, th- that is something you see a lot of um, in Bret Hart matches, you know, working a body part. And a lot of times, I mean, you see it, you will see it now. Um, you know, just there's so many matches now and everything's so accessible. Of course, you're going to see people working body parts, but it is uh, a little bit of a different contrast than the usual back and forth uh, pissing contest style uh, that you would see around this time. Uh, Ogawa goes for a, a heel
2: hook, but you know Kakehara breaks it up by grabbing his own heel hook, which makes yeah. uh, Ogawa release uh, his move. Og- Ogawa goes back to the leg with a figure four, but Kakehara I, gets to the ropes.
0: How genius. The, the shoot hold doesn't work on the shooter, right? Every time Ogawa tries to get the advantage with striking, it doesn't pay off. No. He tries a shoot hold here. It doesn't pay off. Well, he goes to a professional wrestling hold, the figure four, and lo and behold, it works. Right, because Kakahara isn't as adept at the defense. Well, simple psychology there, but yeah,
2: I, I think he's he's able to break this hold by getting to the rope. Yeah, he, he breaks yeah. the like I said, he gets to the he breaks the hold by getting to the ropes. Classic pro wrestling move. Kakahara is finally able to create some space with with a Manhattan drop and some kicks to the chest which knock uh, Ogawa to the mat there's uh, another uh, uh ax kick i guess it's, uh, i mistakenly call it a scissor and ax kick to the yeah. back of Ogawa's head yeah. scissor kick. By... this sorry part yeah, scissor
0: it would be like uh you know, like booker t jumps and then does the that would be yeah. a scissor kick it's kick, yeah. so the one scissor... Is just the up down yeah with the leg yeah that's, that's ax. A... It's the axe kick, and
2: then yep. he follows it up with this beautiful-looking windmill suplex. Uh, Kakihara tries to go for a German, but Ogawa smartly kicks out the left knee with a back kick. Uh, Kakihara ducks an Enziguri attempt and locks in a leg lock of of some kind. Uh, uh, it's like where the opponent his opponent is on his his front, and then he grabs the leg and starts pushing it in with his shoulder. Like what? What, what do you have a name for this, Tom?
0: <clears throat> it's um. The one they they use in Fire Pro, all the oh. time. I think is the name of it. <laughs> That's, That's a, a fire, fire Pro. Fire Pro. It's like a. I don't even know. It's like a uh, calf, like a calf hold or yeah. something. I'm trying to think of what they actually call it in Fire Pro because it's the only time I've ever seen somebody submit to that move. But the crowd went nuts. Yes. When he put it on, I couldn't believe it. This there- this move here. It's like a like. In a um, – I guess the submission would be a calf slicer, right, if I was going to have to pinpoint something. But this is not a uh, much of a legitimate hold uh, now that we've kind of developed the mixed martial arts. But much to his credit, he does switch to a knee bar uh, pretty quickly, and the crowd goes even more crazy for this as Ogawa – also goes crazy tapping the mat, almost yeah. immediately like nuts. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, oh, it's 1999. You still had to verbally submit back then, I guess. So, and my,
2: my brain is conditioned. Like when he did that, I'm like, oh, gave up. No, yeah, like the sure. guy, this is they don't do that at this point, and, and, and especially yeah. in an ultra fan for wrestling.
0: For for those of you that don't remember, up until really, it's the time of like Ken Shamrock coming to the WWF, I think that was the changeover to accepting the tap out as the legitimate form of submission before it was, you'd see guys in the eighties and nineties, just beating the crap out of the mat, tapping out with one hand, both hands and the match continues on. It wasn't like an accepted form of submission until, you know, the UFC got popular and then Ken Shamrock made his way over to the, to the WWF. So and that's only yeah. been in the past like 25 years. That's like a new. This is a new development. This is like a new rule in pro wrestling. That's right. The tap.
2: It, 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 so basically, Ogawa is just slapping the mat in pain. Yeah, yeah. It, but now it'd be like, yeah. oh, he tapped. It's it's a uh, it's uh, it's you gotta gotta give up. We gotta end the match now. Uh, Ogawa is finally able to get to the ropes, but you know, Kakehara follows up with a judo throw, and then I think this is what you're talking about a big another yeah. big slap to the face.
0: He goes a for a king slap. He Uh he comes off the ropes. He hits the ropes and comes off. Usually you hit the ropes and you come off with an elbow, a clothesline, a kick of some sort. No, he hit the ropes and he wound up and slapped Ogawa seemingly as hard as he could in the face. What a man. What a guy. Kakihara or Ogawa? You're taking
2: taking the slap. Uh, both. Both of them. So Kakehara goes for a pin, one, two, there's a kick out. Uh, Kakehara makes the belt around the waist gesture, and then he hits the cocky cutter, which is his version of the, the STO. And this is kind of his finisher, but Og- Ogawa is able to kick out. And this is my theory, Tom, is that I think due to the, due to the work that Ogawa did on his base leg, the left one, you know, and he weakened it to the point that Kakehara was not able to get the full power he needed to finish off Ogawa with with his cocky cutter here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and possibly on that slap too. You know, I said seemingly all of his power, but with that left leg, that'd be the one that'd be planning on. He threw the right hand, so maybe I would have to go back and look at the tape. Maybe his left leg was compromised. Maybe it buckled a little bit. Maybe he didn't have all the power on that slap. Good eye. Yes, he. he this Ogawa, Oga, like he
2: he scouted Kakehara, so he knew like I gotta work. If I get a chance, work on that that base leg of kakihara There is a sleeper on Ogawa that turns uh, uh, that Kakehara turns into a choke but the ref quickly is like, that's, no you can't do chokes in, in in all Japan for wrestling. He breaks it up. Ogawa goes for his own sleeper but Kakehara blasts him with this reverse kick to the face. Uh, Ogawa is able to hit an enziguri and follows up with a back suplex and then a the second one but Kakehara won't stay down for a key, three count and I gotta say of if, if anyone in, in, in all Japan at the time that you're gonna wanna take a backdrop from or back backdriver suplex. It's probably O'Gala, because it's probably the safest one.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and it, I mean it's his finish, essentially. Um but he's still not trying to finish you. he's not trying to end your life out there. No, no. he's just trying to win the match. Win a professional wrestling contest with a three count and you know send you home and you can come back and wrestle the next day. Ogawa tries for a tiger driver, but Kakihara blocks it and then goes for another Manhattan
2: drop. But Ogawa uses the momentum for a roll-up. It was for a Northern, a roll-up. I think he was going for the Northern Lights. Was he? It looked like he was trying to go for another Manhattan drop. Could could have been the Northern Lights suplex, but Ogawa wisely, you know, reverses it, gets a roll up. There's a there's a two count here. And this is kind of like we're we're in what I call the crescendo, crescendo of the match, Tom, because this is now it's just like, oh my god, like Pin attempts galore here. Ogawa blocks a strike and goes for a schoolboy, two count. There's the – this is one of my favorite moves. That, I don't know if you ever played virtual pro wrestling, yes. too, for the oh, Nintendo top. A lot of
0: giant gram.
2: Yeah. Maybe more so. But it, but if you play Ogawa or steal his moveset for yeah. like, your creator wrestler, this is one of my favorites. He does the eye poke, chin buster, into the figure four jackknife pinning bridge, which I, I fucking love. That move, by the way. Can I just say like more people should steal the jackknife, figure four jackknife pinning bridge, because it's it's amazing. But again, this is only a two-count, but that would win the match if I used it in virtual pro wrestling too, Tom. <laughs> There's a, a backdrop driver with a bridge, but Kakihara kicks out. This crowd are like going nuts for this match, by the way. And it's it's a testament because like they're you know, all Japan fans were not known for being fat into the junior junior heavyweight matches, but I think they they got just so absorbed into the story that Kakehara and Ogawa were telling here in the ring that they, that they they were, like, responding so well to it.
0: Yeah, when you think about, like, a junior heavyweight match, this is not what you would expect. This is not, like, a prototypical junior heavyweight match with high-flying. Um, this is more, obviously, a more mat-based offense and really, you know, built around, like, solid just the pro wrestling psychology of uh working over the leg, which Kakihara in many ways needs uh to win. He needs it to land most of his signature offense and Ogawa always having a counter for it uh all the way up until the end.
2: There's a great spot where Ogawa puts Kakihara on the top rope and, and Kakihara goes for uh I think I think the announcers call it the Jikami, Jigikatami armbar. Yeah. But and he gets it. But Ogawa grabs the pant leg of the referee and makes him fall on top of Kakera, thus breaking the hold. And of course, like the the fans kind of got to boo this a little, but not fully. But the ref referee admonishes uh, Ogawa for that. And you can and yeah, you can and then the crowd's like, oh, we don't we want to see a clean fight here, and, and you kind of like made it a little dirty here, Ogawa.
0: Yeah, he, he yanks like. He puts Kakihara up on the top, and he goes for a strike. He goes for, um, I think maybe uh, he goes for a punch. And Kakihara catches it and rolls off the top rope into the armbar. Hasn't extended, and, like, Ogawa doesn't wait very long. You know what I mean? The referee gets pretty close, and he grabs a hold of his pant legs and pulls him right on top. Uh, Kakihara breaks the hold. He's pretty pissed. He stands up, and he's, you know, complaining to the ref. Rightfully so, as he should be. And Ogawa, ever the ever the opportunist, ever the wrestling genius, goes right back to the leg, a simple stomp to the knee, and then we're back off to the races. That's right. From here, Ogawa Irish whips Kakehara to
2: the corner and runs in to drive his shoulder into his breadbasket, but Kakehara moves out of the way, grabs Ogawa's arm, and drops down for another armbar. But Ogawa uses the momentum to roll up Kakehara for a cradle pin and gets the one, two, and three. And and just, I, I, I love this finish just because it came out of nowhere, but it made so much sense.
0: Yeah, it, there's not a lot of finishes like nowadays where you're like, oh, that came out of nowhere. This one really comes out of nowhere. There was, it, like, it's very simple, uh, as you can imagine at this point, right? Ogawa eats the post. Uh, so, you're expecting this is just kind of a normal spot that happens frequently and never, almost never leads to a finish in a match. Um, Kakihara, like a smart wrestler should, leaps on the injury. But, you know, Ogawa's whole deal is that this guy is smart. He's cunning. He's wily. He is going to outsmart you. And in the end, he wasn't tougher. Than Kakihara. He couldn't match him blow for blow. He couldn't uh go back and forth with him, submission for submission. His big holds, his backdrop suplex, which he hit, I believe, actually three times during this match, didn't look like it was going to be anywhere close to keeping Kakihara down. So he had to rely on uh you know trickery in a lot of ways. And while he didn't cheat. Necessary to necessarily to win, he did sneak out the victory in a lot of ways with that roll up. And I like, I love this match. Uh, it was different than a lot of matches that you know people love today. Uh, but as we said, as I said earlier, like I think you could take this match and insert it onto any card in 2022, and it's going to get. Pretty much the same reaction. It holds up pretty damn well, if you ask me. It's it 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 it's a great match.
2: It's 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 under twenty five minutes, which is a, a big plus for me. It's sixteen yeah, minutes twenty two seconds. Okay. So and and it's 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 a very brisk match. It, it flows really nicely. And 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 that's a I think a really you know te- a testament to the skill and, and the this style of, of Kakehara and Okao just keeping up the pace with one another to 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 have like a very smooth and and nicely flowing match that doesn't outwear you know outstates welcome uh, I and I like this match a lot um, I don't I can't remember if I've ever seen it before because like I'm not someone who went out of their way to go watch too much junior heavyweight stuff. But like, I'm really glad you picked this time because like, it, it, was, it was such a fun match for me to, to watch in, in uh, context with like a lot of the other matches that I've reviewed for this show. But, uh, and yeah, like I, I, am a huge fan of Yoshinari Gawa and have been for, for like, uh, you know, maybe for the last 10 years, because like, I've really turned around on him. I wasn't a huge fan of him before, but like now I go back and watch his stuff from, from the nineties or the two thousands. And it's just like, yeah, I appreciate more what he does now than I did at that time. So yeah, you know, Kakihara bows to, to Ogawa to show his respect for him, which is good as they'll soon be in the same, uh, you know, the same unit with Masawa called the untouchables. And then, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very fun match. And, uh, and it, yeah, I guess that wraps it up there. Any final thoughts on, on the match
0: itself, Tom? No, uh, you, you said, uh, you said you were going to ask earlier how I ended up, uh, Picking this. Yes. Uh, and I was trying to think of how I ended up picking this. But <clears throat> uh, there's a, there a wrestler, an independent wrestler, Wes Barkley, uh, who I'm friends with. And I have been imploring him to watch Ogawa matches for a couple of years. So I went and I was doing my own research and my own homework on uh, on cage match, looking up the highest rated of the Ogawa matches. And when I saw, well, there's one against Kakihara. Well, I could probably learn something from watching that one. I you know, that's not one that I had, uh, had seen, or if I had, I certainly hadn't remembered it, you know? So, uh, that's how, that's how I ended up on there. There's a lot of stuff in there that I could see myself stealing. Uh, good opening sequence, great finishing sequence. If you want to, you know, protect yourself, you know, loss on one of these indie shows around the country, you know, just saying that he shoot fighters out there. Uh, So really happy. I watched this batch and uh, I'm going to be even more happy to go watch some more Kakihara. I'll probably watch uh, some more Ogawa as well, since uh, you can find more Ogawa stuff. Uh, Than you can Kakihara, but I mean, I mean, you work for for New Japan res- for wrestling
2: for the most part these days. John. there's a lot of stuff on World with Kakihara as a junior heavyweight yep. in, in that in that company. In the uh, in, you know from like about t- in the 2000s. So I, I highly recommend a lot of stuff he does with Minoru Tanaka and and you know, like his alias of Heat as yeah. well, and like the stuff with Liger and, and other guys in the junior division at the time.
0: Junior heavyweight six man tournament champion, I believe. I, th- I think you won Best of the Super Juniors one year. He did, right? I, who did he beat? Be, be, maybe beat.
2: I think I can't remember who he beat. Was it? Was it Minoru Tanaka? Or was it Koji Kanemoto? I I'm uh yeah, I'm I didn't do my enough of my homework at this <laughs> time. I have that match somewhere on actual VHS tape somewhere. I'm sure in my house. But uh, Tom, anything to plug before we let you go here?
0: No, not really. No? I mean, uh, yeah, if we've gotten this far, uh, you, you know, you probably know where to find me. Uh, on Twitter, at filthy Lawler, And uh, that's about it. You know, New Japan World. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, even though this is an all Japan <laughs> podcast. Uh, we, we cross all the lines uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're not a subscriber to New Japan World, uh, please do so. Please watch... My match is on New Japan Strong. My match is in Japan for New Japan. And uh, check out Historic Crossover, which is like the most exciting night of the past 40 years of my life. We've got like Great Muda's last match in New Japan is happening on the show now. The first ever IWGP Women's champion is going to be decided between Kyrie and Mayu Iwatani. Somehow the feud between boy George and George Michael got inserted into stardom's main event feud as uh, myself and Shuri take on Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. So um, I'm super excited about that night. Everybody else should be too. And I think it will be fun. I, I I I'm looking forward to that tech match.
2: Like, and, and I know you you, you deny it, but I, I can think I think you're secretly hoping to get punched by or slapped by Julia <laughs> as as a, initiation into Japanese, you know, full full on, you know, getting hit by a Joshi wrestler is like you know you, the initiation one must have in, in to be fully part of the Perez scene, Tom. So, but uh, Tom, thank you so much for doing the show. I, I hope uh, we can get you back on in the future. Maybe we'll we'll talk about the match that that I wanted to. That I kind of like thought of choosing, which was, by the way, Hiroshi Hase versus Toshiaki Kawada. Maybe we can do that sometime in 2023 if you have the time.
0: Yeah, and I told you, I I'm,
2: I'm up for any excuse to watch a Kawada match. Okay, so we'll we'll I'll save that for you, Hase versus Kawada in in the future with Tom Weller back on the long. And Wining Road, Road. Uh, I want to thank all the, the listeners for, for the support of the show I want to thank Tom again for, for appearing on the show after uh, having a war with Minoru Suzuki the day before and yeah you can find everything over at postwrestling.com and uh, until next time I will say goodbye